0: You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am grateful for each of you for tuning in today. Support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your businesses or restaurant's recycling program. The Jackson Hole Wine Club, making the experience of exploring new wines as easy as taking a sip. Visit jacksonholewineclub.com to sign up today. Folks, I enjoy reading and learning from others, and I usually find that in books or listening to podcasts. And this guides me to share a quote before we begin this episode. Today's quote is, remember, teamwork begins by building trust. And the only way to do that is to overcome our need for invulnerability. That comes from Patrick Lencioni. If you haven't read any of his books, get out there, find one. I bet you can find them at your local library or downloading them, however you like to listen to Audible Books and today's episode is 193 and i have the opportunity today to speak with kate shade who's the founder of kate's real food and in our community they're better known as kate's bars or the tram bar kate started her company by wanting to make something healthy nutritious which was packed with a ton of fuel for the active lifestyle that she was leading starting off making the bars for friends and handing them out in the tram line, uh, hence the name The Tram Bar, the bars kind of became a burden to make. So Kate started asking people to pay for the bars. And so she grew from making them in her kitchen and wrapping them in plastic wrap to now making over 50 million bars a year. So, wow, that's wild to think. And this is today one of the many 20 years in the making overnight success stories. Everybody thinks that people become successful overnight because they see the success, but they don't know the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. So today, folks, Kate shares with us her journey and the passion that she has to grow a local business from the roots organically to a business that's known all around the country. Kate, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's wonderful to have time to connect with you and learn more about your journey.
1: Your sure thing. I'm excited to be here.
0: Let's start off Kate with you sharing, how did you arrive in this valley? So where did you grow up and when did you arrive in this beautiful place? Jackson.
1: I grew up in upstate New York, central upstate New York, about a half hour east of Rochester, a small town. So from there, I knew nothing of the West, but my brother was about four years older than me, and he had come out to Jackson Hole. So after I graduated, or actually, no, before I graduated from college, uh, I went to the University of New Hampshire. After my junior year, I came out to visit Pete, actually in Victor, Idaho. And I stayed with him for the summer, loved it. I was just super excited. I'd never been out west and I had a place to stay with my brother coming out here. And that was my first summer in the Tetons. My first huge hike from the Victor side of the Tetons over to the Jackson side. And I just fell in love with the place. So after after I graduated from UNH, I think within a week, I packed my car with a friend of mine and, and we moved out. That was fast,
0: yep, <laughs> and and you said your first summer you hiked, you did a through hike from yeah, one side to the other, that's impressive, yep,
1: yeah, no, it was impressive, you know, and i yeah, never I think I was like super sore because I'd never experienced anything I mean it was twenty some odd miles I think we we started in Fox Creek because that's where we lived and and hiked <laughs> over the other side. And there was hardly any snow. It was actually the beginning of June. And, you know, that's kind of rare up in the mountains to hardly have any snow in in the middle of June. Mm. Really dry summer. Yeah. Really great first experience. I had a lot of really great first experiences out in the mountains. Growing up back east, we just did, you know, it was more of, I grew up, you know, doing sports and my parents would take us cross-country skiing. We'd go on little camping trips, either in in cabins or tents or a little cabin by a lake. And I started downhill skiing, you know, on the East Coast ice. So that was kind of my growing up experience in the outdoors. The West was a completely different animal coming out here. But if you learn a little bit about it, there's something mysterious and, and great and you want to go experience it. So true. Did. Yeah.
0: So what year was that that you graduated and packed up your car and moved out here?
1: Nineteen ninety-three. Oh wait, no, sorry. Yeah, ninety-three. Graduated from college.
0: Congratulations.
1: That was a long time ago. Yep.
0: And did you land in the Jackson side or the Victor side? Did you still so, with your brother?
1: Yeah, I first landed on the Victor side, and well, no, I, I landed on the Victor side with my brother that first summer when I moved back after we graduated from college. My friend, my girlfriend, and I. We moved to Jackson. We lived in basically a little trailer home that's not there anymore. And we just had some, you know, service industry jobs. So I think when I first came out the first summer, I was a housekeeper in Teton Village, cleaning house at vacation rentals. The next summer, I kind of did the same thing, did some reservations, became reservations, like assistant manager. Hated the office, couldn't do that anymore. Started waiting tables at night and played during the day. So that was my gig. I thought it was the best thing going. Um, wait tables, get tips, you get a free dinner. You get up in the morning, you know, go hiking or biking or climbing or kayaking or whatever the big mountains have to offer and then go to work at night. Then I started needing a little bit more money so I got a part-time day job with some backcountry sports you know with the bikes and so that was really great too because I was in the you know the outdoor scene and getting some good deals on bike parts or skis etc and then I also started working in the summers part-time at uh, Cosmic Apple Gardens that's shortly after I moved over to Victor so I lived in Jackson for a while and then yeah early 2000s I
0: I made the leap to the other side. Mm. And what were you doing in the wintertime, waiting tables as well, just keeping some of these part-time, full-time jobs?
1: Waiting tables and then part-time Wilson backcountry sports. Summertime, the Cosmic Apple, I stopped working at Wilson in order to you know, farm some more. And I really fell in love with, with the farming and the organic farming aspect and biodynamic farming at the Cosmic Apple Gardens. And that's when I started making my bar. Well, I started making my bars, yeah, right around the time I started working at Cosmic Apple. But they were completely different then. I just kept on taking things from my uh, cupboards and uh, just kept mixing them up and see what tasted good, see what came out Mm. good, and eventually came up with the tram bar recipe. And I said, this one is it. I said, this is it. I got to write it down so I can keep making it the same time and time again. Uh, And I started doing that.
0: And when do you think you gave making your first bar a shot?
1: Oh, good question. I would say it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the first I know, the first place I made them, I've never like thought of this before. First place I made them was like a little A-frame at the base of Teton Pass where I had some friends that were living. I think it's still there, right below the affordable housing. And I would make them there and give them all the guys that live there. That was probably like 1995, 94, 95. That was the first version. You know, I remember... Also, I used to wrap them up in saran wrap and put a little gear sticker on them to seal them. And then Sister Smith, remember Sister Smith? It was an old local band that Justin Smith was oh. in um, and Kyle. Anyway, John Pansavich was in the band. But they would they would play at the Maging Moose sometimes. And I remember, you know, there's like the pre-ski parties and... I made what was called the tram bar jar, which was a big gallon jar with like the you know, one of those banana pepper big glass jars with a lid on it and put tram bar jar on there and made a bunch of bars and stuck them in the jar and those were given away as a prize on stage before I had even started really selling them. I sold them at Wilson Backcountry, like for a buck each when I first started making them. Wrapped in the little saran wrap with the gear sticker. <laughs>
0: And <laughs> Wilson, backcountry, was it Andy?
1: Yep, Andy and Kechan, Yeah. Yep. Okay. They owned it then, still do. Yeah, so they let me put them out in the counter. It was really great. And then there was um, another guy who would come in and, and give me all these different stickers. You know, you get the little gear stickers in the boxes when you buy whatever outdoor gear, you know, whether it was, you know, climbing gear, what have you. So he'd bring in a bunch of stickers that I could use to seal up the bars. It's pretty neat thinking way back to all those little things, you know, that helps you get going.
0: So what made you think about, oh, I'm going to start making a bar. What was your purpose of wanting to make a bar? I wanted something that tastes
1: good and had a lot of calories and would actually, you know, fill me up when I was skiing. And a lot of it was backcountry skiing. Back in the day when we'd be at the Jacksonville mountain resort though, and, and go out of bounds before they had the out of bounds like real gates, out of bounds. I don't know if you remember, it never used to really be open. Like you weren't allowed to go out of bounds. From my memory, now they got those
0: gates out. So we weren't allowed to, but people did it anyway.
1: Yeah, we sneaked out and did it. It was super fun and exciting. You know, talk about adventure. So I used to make these bars. They were huge, they were Mongo and they probably had like 500 calories a bar. So that's Mm -hmm. how they started, just mixing up different. And I, you know, I like great texture. Um, and flavors and really good ingredients in there, and so I put the ingredients in there that I wanted to have and I loved. And peanut butter was always one of them because I'm a huge peanut butter fan. Uh,
0: and a lot of fuel to it. And they
1: they kept you going. So I'd make batches and I'd you know give them to my friends too, and, and that's kind of how it started. Really, just for my, I'd say specifically for those backcountry pursuits out of the Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, and uh, hence the name you know, of the original bar was the tram bar.
0: And the, I guess the there's trams all over the world. So they're saying tram. That's not,
1: it doesn't have to be Jackson hole tram. Yeah. It could be all over the world.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Be a great bar to take to Europe and go up their trams
0: there and take a hike too.
1: Yeah.
0: And so during this time you started making bars, but you are probably Still working.
1: Yeah, I was working and then I was making bars on the side, you know, and I'd have like a little, an extra hour. I'd make what I, would batches and trays of bars. When we were skiing right in the resort, I'd always have them in line or a tram bar in my pocket and have them in line in the beginning of the day. And we used to go so early so that we could try to get the first box, which was never really the first box because, you know, all the special people got to go first. But we would be in line super early so you had to bring like food and breakfast really to like hang out for a while and it was just like you know a hangout chill little party waiting for the tram to open and that's when I really kind of started passing out the bars and then my friends loved them so much that they'd ask me to make some for them so I started doing that and then it kind of became a hassle hmm. it became kind of a pain in the butt because I wanted to play all day and I wanted to You know, then you go to work at night and so I'd have to try to fit some time to make the bars, which really wasn't a problem. But I guess it kind of became a problem because I was making too many for what my time allotment for it was at that moment in time. And were they paying for them? I ended up asking them to pay for them eventually. Okay, I said, at least pay for my ingredients. I'll make you guys the bar. And they were like, no problem. And I would I would cut up a tray and put it in a Ziploc bag. And call it a slab. <laughs> so I, yeah, sell slabs. I'll get, I should get you a slab sometime. They're pretty cool. They fit perfectly. at 20 bars, I think it was, that would fit in a Ziploc bag. You know, they were, they changed to about, I mean, the bars probably ended up being about three ounces, which a few years ago, the, the tram and the grizzly were still three ounces, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'd, I think I'd sell them 20 bars for, I don't know, 25 or 30 bucks something like that how cool
0: yeah yeah
1: people and still want those people still want to buy the slabs from me do they they're like i just wanted one of those big ziploc bags that you used to sell
0: yeah yeah and how many years were you making them in your house or friends houses before you started to have to find a more appropriate place to make them
1: so i started making them i'd say about well, when I got legit I mean legit, got my business license and, and such. That was in th- right around 2005. That's when I started making them at Nora's. So 2005, somewhere around there. I started making them at Nora's. I waited tables at Nora's at night, so I would make them either on the night they were closed. Or I would go in after all the prep had been done on my days off and work in the, the back kitchen, making the bars. Once I became legit. Before that, yeah, I just made them at the house and it was, you know, kind of just to my friends mostly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had to have a health inspector come. I thought it was such a big deal. Do all this paperwork to become, you know, official. And I needed all of this at the same time for a few accounts in Jackson Hole. Like they wouldn't buy my bars unless they'd, you know, certain things. And I think it was actually Hungry Jack's that was the first one that let me know, oh, I need these items in order to sell the, the product at Hungry Jack's. So it got me all, you know, doing it the right way and becoming a legitimate business. And yeah, then I can actually start growing the business properly.
0: Now, were you at that point, were you still wrapping them in saran or did you have a different type of packaging for them?
1: So it came to a point where I started looking around and found these little plastic like cellophane bags that I could put them in. And you get these little thermal impulse sealers, these hand sealers, Mm -hmm. and I'd seal the end. Put them in a bag, seal the end. But I used to freeze the bars before I put them in because they slide in. The, they would slide in the bags easier. There's a whole technique to it all. So they would slide in the bags easier, and then you could seal them and put a sticker on the front and a sticker on the back. I did thousands upon thousands of bars that way. That's- yeah, labor intense, but you get really good at doing that when you're doing it over and over again. I bet yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, so that was that was my first packaging. I mean, after the saran wrap, that actually had the name on it. When I was working at Cosmic Apple Gardens, I met quite a few people there. So I got my first website from a friend who wanted to learn how to make websites from her. And then my first design, there was a graphic designer who also volunteered her time at the farm. And she made my first design for the bar. So I had a lot of friends that helped helped make it come together. They were all saying, you got to sell these bars. They're way better than whatever big brand we all know. So eventually I bit the bullet and and gave it a try. And we, you know, we grew and grew super slowly and grew in in Jackson Hole and got into more accounts and became, uh, what's the word that I've heard people use? It'll come to me later. But really, yeah, coveted. Or the bars seemed so coveted by by people back then because I think they were, you know, not real easy to get. They were a
0: commodity. They were a commodity. And where was the first place that you went outside of the Jackson Teton Valley area, as far as selling your bars?
1: I'd say, and it, well, it's interesting to think back to then when we first started selling the bars. I had a couple salespeople. I mean, in the industry now, people would call it shotgunning. So. I call. We would call up accounts that we thought would be a good fit, like bike shops, and it was a lot of bike shops and outdoor shops at first, because really targeting that outdoor, you know, kind of mountain audience. So we would call them. We would send them samples. They would try them. They loved them, and and they would start selling them. I can't tell you. I mean, it was. It was kind of all over. We did the same thing with some grocery stores. And these were all, so we did this all direct. Make the bars, put them in boxes, ship them to another state, and they'd put them on the shelf and sell them, you know. We didn't hear from them for a while. We'd call them up and say, oh, you know, how's it going? How are the bars selling? Blah, blah, blah. Started making also little baby samples that I'd put in a small, like a bite-sized square that I'd put it in a little small cellophane bag and seal it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd send samples to every single store so they could sample them out to their customers. So very mom and pop, but it worked. Um, and, and we worked hard, hard doing it. I'd say the next kind of bigger stores that were close by uh, were the Whole Foods in Salt Lake City. We went to each store directly there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and sold direct. You can't really do that now with Whole Foods. And then I would go down there and do a lot of sampling. At those Whole Foods, and the bars started selling really well there, which enabled us to go direct to all the other Rocky Mountain region Whole Foods. And that was a really great indicator for me as to how good our bars are. I mean, they're pretty, they're a great account to get into and really gauge how good of a product you have if you sell well. And I I spent a lot of time in Salt Lake. And then in Colorado, when we got more of the Rocky mountain accounts at Whole Foods and they're a great company to work with and super fun.
0: Yeah. Let's share with people, how many different bars do you make now?
1: We have eight different bars now. Okay. But this is going to be really more it's more really great local history for Jackson Hole, but I'm, I'm glad you asked this. We have eight bars now. Four of them are almond butter-based and, and four are peanut butter-based. You can't find them all in every store. Like some stores will just get four different flavors and not all the flavors, but we have eight. You can see them all on the website. I have probably, I don't know, six or seven more recipes for different bar flavors. Oh, awesome.
0: But it's I think it's lemon coconut, isn't it?
1: Lemon coconut. Yeah. yeah my
0: wife work. doesn't like coconut. She won't go near it.
1: Oh, good. Well then she won't eat your bars.
0: You want not eat my bars. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kate, we're gonna do a break. Yeah. You get a word from a sponsor, we're gonna come back and learn about where Kate's real food is and where you are now. Okay. All right, cool. Sounds great. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle and join today. Welcome back, Kate. Talking to Kate Shade with Kate's Real Food. And you organically started and grew grassroots style of a food company. And you started with one item that you were making for friends, handing them out, selling them as a a slab. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Which people listening in the world of avalanches, it's a slab and it breaks away. Right?
1: That's so true. Yep.
0: So you are selling a slab. Yeah. And I, I just love the <laughs> connectivity to to nature.
1: I love that too. That's yep. awesome.
0: And yeah. so now you make eight different bars. You're in. Are you international? How many states are you in? You in every state?
1: We're in every state.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And are you international?
1: I could probably get some information on that. We should be. We had just started working with, with, yes, I'd say we would, I can tell you where
0: and at a later time. Oh, it's all right. Mm -hmm. Now, just on the other half, before the commercial, you said interesting connection story when I asked about how many bars you had. Oh, were you, you had, you had said something else right before that, talking about. What was the next bar maybe that you, the second Yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm.
1: So the next bar was actually the tram bar, the different label. The Grizzly Bar. Ah. Back in the day, the Tram Bar and the Grizzly Bar were exactly the same. What I did as a request from one of my customers, which was Jenny Lake Boating up in Grand Teton National Park, they wanted to sell my bars up there, but the name of the Tram Bar just really didn't work in the park, right? And they thought it would be great to have a Grizzly Bear Bar. So, so that's how the Grizzly Bar came out but it was exactly the same. It had milk chocolate. Now the Grizzly Bar has dark chocolate, but it, they sold like hotcakes up there and it was such a great fit. It was the only food product they were selling, I believe. And I think it might still be the only food product they sell. If you'll go through, there's a, just a display of the Grizzly Bars and that's it. They're like, it's easy. It makes it really easy that way and you've got a great product. So,
0: And, uh, and that's at the Ginny Lake boat area. Yep, right on the ramp when you get on the boat. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow, what a captive audience, Kate. Yeah. It
1: was amazing. We got uh-huh. so much great response from them. And eventually I changed the Grizzly Bar to have dark chocolate instead of milk chocolate. So it's the same but different, but now it is the best-selling bar we have. The Grizzly Bar with the dark chocolate. So just yeah, kind of just a neat little local tidbit about the history of the bars,
0: some of their names. What enabled you to grow? And well, I guess also, are your bars still produced here in the Valley?
1: They're not produced here in the Valley. Okay. So in 2010, that's when I quit my, you know, my other waiting jobs and other jobs in general, just to go for it with Kate's Real Food. And I had partnered with Bruce Dale. So that way I was able to, you know, kind of pay myself and, and start to grow the company. I feel like, you know, since 2010, we have, we've grown pretty significantly. It was pretty organic growth, I would say in the first four and five years and and more. And we've produced the bars in Victor, Idaho. Well, actually, originally I had a small place in Driggs where we handmade the bars, and then we moved to a bigger facility in Victor. Once we were in Victor, it was quite a bit bigger. We were even able to get a packaging machine. But uh, like that. So that was like my first huge moment where instead of it taking, you know, one hour to package 100 bars, it would take, I think it was 60 bars a minute we could do. So it it completely changed That was like the first uh aha, holy cow, efficiency moment. Hmm. You know, a lot more efficiencies after that, little things that kind of made a big difference. And then it was just two years ago. So we produced the bars in Victor, Idaho until two years ago. We probably could have made up to three million bars in a year. Labor was a little more difficult. We had some really good bar makers, but if you have a couple someone that that's sick for a week you know that's however many thousands of bars that you're not putting out that week um and for that for us that was a big deal two years ago my business partner well it opened so it was more than two years ago that it started but he created a he built a co-packing facility so a co-manufacturing facility basically another business that would make kate's real food bars for us. So two years ago, our bars started to get made in Bedford, Pennsylvania. I had two employees that moved from Victor to Bedford, Pennsylvania to help in the project. They're still there. I would say that was instrumental and in be able to make it happen. To me, it's really important how the bars are made and they're made correctly. You'll see a lot of extruded bars out there. To me, they become overmixed and kind of homogeneous where when you hand make them, you know, you, you can retain all the, the texture and the whole ingredients of the bar. So, you know, you bite into a chewy cherry and then you've got like a little crunchy rice nugget or a crunchy almond that you're biting into. And it, it, to me, good food has like great texture, especially in the bar. So because it's vertically integrated, we ha- I feel like we've got more control over how the bars come out. And I'm super picky. So I'll, yeah, we work together really hard to make sure that the bars are coming out the way they should. And I think that is rare in the industry to have such uh, a good connection
0: Mm -hmm. with someone else that's making your bars. Now, could you share with us, you mentioned an extruded bar versus your bar more handmade. What does an extruded bar mean? And and you don't have to share names of other bars, but. What's that type of texture look like compared to you actually see the cherries and the almonds and the coconut flakes, you know, pieces in your bar?
1: Yeah, when it's extruded, I mean, some bars are extruded and you can still see some of the ingredients in there, but they're really, it's all the ingredients get mixed together very much so, very mixed together so that that the ingredients pretty much start breaking down and you can't decipher, like, what the ingredient actually is. Mm. Some of the bars you get that are extruded, you might see, you know, an almond and some almond bits here and there, but you might not really know what's in the rest of the bar, unless you read the ingredients. This is the one I experienced mixed in a big hopper. It goes down smaller and smaller into a tube and basically <laughs> bars are pooped out. And that's what they look like. You know, everyone will say it. I, I heard everyone say it. So it's not original. But yeah. Yep, exactly. So that's extruded. And to me, I I can tell the difference between there's some extruded bars that are better than others. Like they don't mix them up as much. Other extruded bars, I think that's the way they want them. I mean, they're all smooth. You know, you eat them and it's smooth. There's not, it's a very smooth texture. You don't get whole bits of different ingredients in there. Mm-hmm. So was that helpful? <laughs> yeah, it,
0: yeah, it is. It gives people a an idea. Not everybody knows about Kate's Real Food, and so it gives them an idea if they're going to a a place in their community and see a Kate's Real bar. What's the difference between your bar and somebody else's bar? And can people still find them in Whole Foods on a national level, or what other type of stores can you they can't be find
1: in? us? In a lot of different regions of Whole Foods, hopefully we'll be in. All of the Whole Foods soon enough. Whole Foods has multiple different regions across the United States, like Northern California is one region, Southern California is a region, hmm. Rocky Mountains, a region, Pacific Northwest, you know, Northeast, all different regions. So you, you get into regions. And then once you're in a certain amount of regions, you have the ability to pitch your product to get into all of them at once, which hopefully we will soon be in all of the Whole Foods. We are also in a lot of people down in Texas area would know AGB.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, That's an amazing store. mm
1: -hmm. We are there, which is amazing for us, yes. All the REIs across the country. Mm. And I will say REI is one of the places that has, they have, I believe, six out of eight of our flavors. We will be in Herman's again, which is down in Utah. And they are also going to have six out of eight of our flavors. Harris Teeter, Hannaford. King Supers, some of the giant stores. There's a lot of different giant stores. We have started to get into quite a few. Actually, no, a lot of new accounts recently. So many that I start getting confused. So, and a lot of times, you know, we're we'll be in the process. So we might not be in, you know, Harmons until July or whatever account. I'm just using them as an example. So we're always in the process of pitching to to new retailers in the process of, you know, waiting until August, until we're on the shelves, certain places. And it's actually become quite overwhelming, honestly. When I can say I can't keep track anymore, it's kind (laughs) of, we're at the next level, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It still doesn't seem quite so real to me.
0: How many bars do you all make now a year or a month?
1: I'd say. Well, now we have mini bars too, which are kind of half the size. So it, those are a lot. With the addition of this new account that um I'll tell you about in a minute, I would say. I'll just say this: it's it'll be over fifty million bars this year. I'm trying to be too specific by thinking for too
0: that's long, but. Super. Um, and
1: you have how many employees yeah. now? We have. Well, so the Organic Snack Company, which is our co-manufacturer, has most of the employees, but they're actually not considered Kate's employees. All okay. they do is make our bar stuff. Uh-huh. I'm guessing that they're reaching, you know, close to 100 right now. I'd say that's part-time and full-time included. At Kate's Real Food, we we have, you know, somewhere around 20
0: employees, a little less. What spectacular success. I ho- I hope it's success for you. It sounds like it's success at this yeah. point, Kate. Have you flown anywhere recently? No, I had not in a while. Tell me, what's the big news, Kate? Oh. We are on Delta Airlines as one of their
1: snacks that they will hand out to you while in flight.
0: No kidding. That's big. No so kidding. It's huge. Which bar are they going to hand out?
1: They have the dark chocolate cherry almond, formerly known as the handlebar. I like they that. are the mini. It's a mini bar. So it's like, it's a half size bar.
0: Uh-huh. When does that start?
1: This has started. So it started really about a couple months ago. COVID kind of kept it a little bit slower with them. But yeah, it's I'd say we've fully been on board over, you know, almost a couple months. Okay on their flights.
0: Yeah. Next time it, I fly on next time I fly, I'll take a picture and post it to your account. Do it. Do it. Send it to me. I'll share it on the it. connection account too. Yeah, i love it. I'll specifically ask for a Kate's bar.
1: Do it. It's Yeah, so that kind of, yeah, that'll bring us to the next level. It's still early with them, so we'll see how it all, you know, how it affects us. But pretty exciting.
0: Well, I'll say this for everybody that's listening, when you fly Delta, ask for Kate's bars as one of your snacks and then take a picture and put it up on the Connection Instagram account. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I would love it. I have lots of friends that are listening and Mm -hmm. they fly regularly. Okay, that's, yeah, I would love it. I want to see it. It's,
1: already I have a bunch of friends that send me photos and it's just crazy.
0: I'm so happy for you. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, next level.
0: And they're available at Jackson Hole Marketplace.
1: Exactly. Go to Jackson Hole Marketplace get your Gates bars.
0: That's right. Always keep a few in the desk and you never know when you need a snack you get it hungry and it's good to, for me i'm sensitive to a lot of food so uh the ingredients that you use though i check for the almond i eat the almond based ones and make sure they're gluten-free and then otherwise i'm going for it
1: oh that's awesome
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah peanut butter you can't do then
0: peanuts kind of bother my stomach yeah i stay away from it if i'm hungry enough i'll eat one doesn't matter. But if I think about it and plan properly, I'll stick with the almond butter-based ones.
1: All right. Good. Yeah. The um, gluten-free is a big deal. And when I first made the bars, it really wasn't a deal. Like there wasn't much talked about with the gluten-free. I just feel really fortunate that when I made the bars, everything that I used was gluten-free. And now yeah, we do have, we have the official certification.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. So. So Kate, what is your website and how can people connect with you if they want to our website is katesrealfood.com. all right and that's k-a-t-e-s no apostrophe no apostrophe
1: k-a-t-e-s real food mm-hmm. no s at the end of food kate's real food dot com some people put foods it would probably come up anyway but you know yeah yeah we sell all of our bars online you can subscribe like the little sms messaging things get on our newsletter we have specials and yeah and they'll come
0: super fresh to you if you order online i love it yeah and people connect can connect with you via the website me personally yeah
1: they can connect via the website. Basically, it's, yeah, it's the contact us. I don't directly get those emails, but they will be sent to me if they're addressed to me. Yep,
0: I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you can connect with the real person. Yeah. They're hey. the real person behind the company. It's a question people ask all the time. <laughs> or a real Kate.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you are the real Kate yeah. behind Kate's Real Food. And I'm so happy for you. And it's an honor to get to have the time to talk to you of somebody that's built a business from, you know, grassroots from starting in a friend's kitchen to, you know, think about, I want people to think about how many years you were working other jobs while doing this business. It wasn't until 2010 that you said, I'm going to just focus on k 2 food. Mm-hmm. Big leap of faith for somebody starting a business. Well, yeah. You had a business and you'd been working it for many years, but.
1: It's just kind of a side job though to make extra money, right? Yeah. I had so many people back in the day say, oh my gosh, you got to start selling. These are the best bars ever. You got to start making, you have to make a business out of it. So yeah, I made a little side business. And then after a while, being in the service industry, I guess gets. It is what you make of it, but I knew I wasn't destined to wait tables the rest of my life.
0: Mm.
1: And I really, you know, I wanted to make some sort of, you know, difference or change or make some people happy somehow in the world. And that's something I'm still working on with the business. But, you know, my passion and why my bars are organic are from working at the Cosmic Gable Gardens. Organic, I think, is really huge. And it's definitely bigger out West and, you know, the whole regenerative agriculture and small farms, I think is really amazing and and the way to go. And it's really good to see that it's, it's getting more in the spotlight um, and things are changing there. And even really big corporations are looking at regenerative farming, but in, and how much it fueled, you know, my outdoor passions, which to me is another really important thing. For me, growing up and now, being able to get outside and, and adventure and in the mountains, and it's just part of a, a good, healthy way of being in good living. So if there's, there's ways now that I'm really looking to be able to give back and, and get more people to, you know, learn or be more educated about organic foods and farming and just getting more active and adventuring outside. So... Yeah, that's where we'll be putting our energy also as we continue to grow.
0: I love your passion. Thank you. Thanks. And your desire for people to live healthy, happy lives.
1: I hope so. The world
0: would be a happier place, right? Yeah. It all starts with good food. Yeah. 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 Getting outside and doing something. Whether it's raining or snowing, windy, sunny, it's all about being in the moment and being in the place. So true. Well, Kate, congratulations on what you're doing and landing that big Delta account and being in Jackson Hole Marketplace. <laughs> That's really moving the needle there. <laughs> yeah. I so appreciate it. They make it.
1: some great gift baskets, I believe, right? We d- marketplace.
0: We d- Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, make some Michael. really cool gift baskets. And we can ship mm-hmm. the gift baskets. As long as they don't have alcohol in them, we can ship them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, local Jackson Hole goods. Yeah. Make perfect.
0: We do perfect, our best.
1: Gift giving. Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you, Kate. Enjoy okay. the uh the rain or snow or whatever it brings. Em- embrace embrace the weather wherever you right. are. Right. Yes. But, you know what? We're back up to pretty normal water table level where we need to be. But I think we need to be beyond that, but mm-hmm. it it's not looking as dim as it did mm-hmm. as bleak back in January, February.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it feels like we're getting later precipitation, yeah, than we have before.
0: I hope it keeps extending throughout the yeah. summer because
1: we need it, yes, yeah, we don't want them big. We don't want super dry season all summer, no, so yeah,, no. Pray, pray for rain, yes, indeed, pray for rain,
0: yeah, righty. Go enjoy your day. Thank you, Kate. Kevin.
1: yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome if, you're, if there's anything else you need, let me know.
0: all right. I'll do that yeah. for sure. All right. all right. Bye. Thank you. To learn more about Kate Shade and Kate's real food, visit the thejacksonholeconnection.com episode number 193. Folks, I appreciate all of you for tuning in today. Get out there and share this podcast with people because sharing is caring and it makes everybody have a better life. Thank you everybody who helps keep this podcast going each week. All of you regular listeners, the people who are sponsoring the podcast. My wife, Laura, my boys, William and Lewis, and of course, Michael Morey, who sticks with me every day, every week, since the beginning, doing the marketing and editing of every podcast. Take care, folks. And I really look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.